TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A high drive to right center field. This ball's tagged to the gap. Going back, Mercado. It's gone. A home run. Polanco with another two-run home run. And this one should count. What a snag by Polanco. Diving to his right. A great catch by Polanco to end the inning. Those highlights courtesy of Fox Sports North. This here, the Score North first place twins show live from Bombasota. The land of 10,000 rakes where the magic number is nine. Nine single digits, boys. The magic number is nine after they sweep a doubleheader with a double bullpen day <laughs> on Saturday against the Cleveland Indians who are trying to make one last push at the division. But alas, the Twins take the doubleheader, both games of the doubleheader Saturday, two out of three in Cleveland over the weekend. And here on the Score North First Place Twins show is a two-hour respite, a break, if you will, of yelling about the Vikings. You can get back to that at 2 o'clock. <laughs> There'll be more yelling about the Vikings from 2 to 4 with Matthew Collar and Purple Daily coming up here on Score North. Let's enjoy this for a second. That was that was a that's that's a good weekend, right? Can we all agree that's a good week? You didn't need a sweep of the Indians after Friday night. Things looked really scary because you had Jake Odorizzi wasted, who had 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 really good track record against the Cleveland Indians so far this year, and now you're staring down down the barrel of a double bullpen day and two of Cleveland's best starters coming at you. You take both of those games. I saw you tweet yesterday, Derek. You're playing with house money after that. Yeah, that's in right. game three. That's right because I mean Sunday. Yeah, you wish if your goal was to win a hundred games or a hundred plus games, you wish you would have tried a little bit harder on Sunday. I think if you're a Twins fan, but you come out of that weekend saying, "Hey, we landed the knockout punch. We we on Saturday, um, the Twins." You mentioned already, Rami. They had already been planning on doing a bullpen day Saturday. But then Friday got washed out, played a couple innings, and then the skies opened up, and they said, no roof jokes. And they said, all right, cool, well, we'll play two tomorrow. That's fine. It's not a joke. It's a very serious situation that almost cost you the division. On the line, Cleveland came back, and you know what's hard to do? It's hard to sweep a doubleheader. So I was actually going into Saturday thinking, okay, well, the Twins will take one or two. That's just how it works. Yeah, you got that first one, you're like, whew, all right. Exactly. Whatever. Especially with Mike Clevenger on the mound, Mm -hmm. two-nothing, Twins win. At that point, I was already feeling like, Kind of good about the division from a Twins perspective. And then they won the second game with Miguel Sano's Grand Slam. In part, pushed them past the Cleveland Indians. That was, okay, ball game over. This was their best chance to take one last swing at you. Oh, that Grand Slam. In the division race. And instead, you evaded the blow and landed a knockout punch of your own. Big weekend for the Twins. That Grand Slam was like... Who hit that? Man, did you have the box score up? Um, maybe just a highlight. I don't, um, let me think. Just who escapes on my drive memory. to left field and deep. Yeah, but who? A grand slam for Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano. Miguel that's oh, right. Miguel, okay. That's right. Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano oh, that's right. That. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. got escaped my memory. I mm-hmm. couldn't remember who hit the biggest grand slam of the season for the Twins. Um, huge hit, and. You could tell by the way that uh, Nick Goody responded to that. Did you see? I did. So, so for any listener who who did not see that bomba, 
Goody, who's been great for the Indians this year, uh, low-key, one of the best weapons out of their bullpen, serves up a grand slam, and the way his hands hit his knees and his shoulders slumped after it left the park, it was as if that hit, that pitch, cost the Indians the division. He knew it. The Indians knew it. I think they were wearing it pretty hard um, over the weekend. So if you're a Twins fan, yeah, you celebrate that. It was a, it was a big, not only one win, but to get two on a weekend when they were circling you on their calendar for six weeks, that one had to pe- feel pretty good for the. Twins. I don't know about you, but I went and sought out the the Cleveland reaction to actually see the wind come out of their sails, and it was a beautiful thing. There was a sports talk Cleveland, I think it is. Okay, they, yes, they tweeted the out sports updates or whatever. You just have to admit the Twins are a better baseball team, and mwah, oh, did that taste good? That was delicious, and I forget his name, but the. Uh, the pre and post game anchor for oh. Fox Sports in Cleveland. Yeah. He tweeted out one of our listeners uh sent this forwarded this tweet to me when the Indians took a half game lead in the division about a month ago. He said bye twins yeah. with, and he tagged the twins in it with a, a waving emoji and I uh I quote tweeted that and said see ya Indians <laughs> with a pizza. Dang. <laughs> and put a picture of the standings now in there with it just to show how far things have come and I swung back the other way. I didn't know this about you when I first met you, Rami. <laughs> You're a stone cold killer. <laughs> You are a. We did a couple shows over the winter, and it was kind of like fun off season stuff. And baseball winter is broken. I didn't know you had that bone in you, but you've shown time and time again you have it. You are an assassin, my friend. I was in an all out war this season already with Angels fans. That happened. Remember the A's official account yeah. subtweeted me? Yes, I do. <laughs> In your first couple months on the job, I do remember that, yeah. And now uh, I'm trying to start something with these Indians fans. But I got no no backlash because I think well, they know. What can you say? I think they know. Yeah, what do you say at this right. point? Um, I, I, I guess I would just disagree with the part where you say you have to admit that the Twins are a better team. I would just say that Cleveland dealt with some pretty devastating injury losses this year, and the Twins are an awesome team. Um, I, I think both teams are great talent-wise on the roster. This is going to be a fun, um, what do you call it, rivalry going forward? A fun rivalry for probably years to come, and maybe the White Sox sneak in there. But for this year, it is fair to say the Twins got the best of them. The Twins overcame their own injuries and maladies and suspensions and season-ending labrum surgeries. They they withstood adversity um, better than I think anyone could have expected. If you would have told me all of the things that went wrong for the Twins this year, I don't know that I would have said they're probably division winners. And as we sit in this studio on Monday, after taking two of three from the Cleveland Indians, it looks like they are very likely going to win the American League Central. There is no very likely. It's over. It's done. I think it's I saw ninety nine point six percent on it's a wrap. or something like it's that. It's over. So. I mean, it's been over since early June. <laughs> Technically non zero. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. This thing is done. Uh, yeah, but it hasn't been over since early a lot of people, It's over. A lot of people tweeting me over the weekend. First of all, got a few new members to the uh, Put a Roof on It movement Friday night. Welcome, yeah, welcome to the club. Because yeah, make hay while the sun you know, doesn't shine. You now see the air of your waist. Um, but I also I got some tweets of people asking, you know, is it okay to jump on the Bomba bus now? If I was a doubter all season, is it okay to jump on the Bomba bus now? I saw a few tweets to that effect. And Rami, what was your answer? I reluctantly said... Yeah, sure. Jump on. Reluctantly. Hop on. (laughs) 
No, I'm kidding. I feel like with a fan base the size of the Twins, there's no reluctantly. It's no hop right on. Blow the train I mean, whistle, we, choo-choo all aboard. We can't stop because there are no brakes no, on no, this no, bad no. boy. <laughs> <laughs> but there is room if you want to hop on the Bomba bus. We can get closer to the shoulder and slow down a little bit, let off the gas to just, allow you to hop on. Just a little bit, but it's uh, it's it's sketchy. I'm not gonna lie. It's and the, look, the Bomba bus. It's taken some. It's taken a beating as this season has gone on. We cut the brakes. We knew it wasn't going to be a smooth ride. Right then and there, there were some. There were some big bumps in the road. There were some deep potholes. There were some hairpin turns. It's taken a beating. We've 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 brushed up against a few walls and guardrails and whatnot. Some of it is held together by duct tape. But all I ever guaranteed you was this thing was getting to October, and this thing is getting to October. I told you they were winning the AL Central. And the Twins are winning the AL Central. This is happening, and it's happening very soon. I have some uh, staycation coming up later this week, Derek Wetmore. Yes. I don't know if it's mathematically possible, but if the Twins win the division, I'm coming in for an hour just to celebrate nice. a Twins division All championship right. okay. with you guys. Uh, mathematically, it is possible. It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You got Cle- Cleveland's got an interesting schedule coming up because they get some cupcakes, but they also get the Phillies and the Nationals. And you're what? Your second half of the week? Yeah, Wednesday, the, Thursday. The magic Friday. number is nine. So any combination of twins losses or twins wins with so this could go Indians down losses. Friday. Let me see here. It Carry would, the four. Yeah, it could be the end of this week. Yes, it could. It would take all twins wins and all Indians losses between now and then, but it yeah, could happen this weekend. And unfortunately, yeah. So so we we wouldn't have a show Saturday. Maybe there'll be an emergency pod situation. We did that for the Michael Pineda suspension, but. I consider kind of this, Rami. I was coming into the studio today. I kind of thought that this was the parade celebration. I mean, I know they can't do champagne because, like, that's classless. But this weekend, to me, represented the Twins winning the American League Central. It did. The the math doesn't agree with me. The standings don't agree with me. But, like, if you've been along this ride this whole season, this was the weekend you had circled on your calendar. Cleveland Indians fans had circled on their calendar. Heck, Mike Clevenger probably had this circled on his calendar. Tito Francona had this circled on his calendar. And the Twins took two or three despite a washout Friday. And I feel like that's kind of the final nail in the coffin. So you're ready to declare this thing done. Yeah. I mean, and I'm the non-zero guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's over, Robbie. Should I just put a brick on the pedal? I was going to ask throw, you Should I just, Manny, should I just throw the brick on the pedal and go enjoy the party? Throw a few claws back? Uh, at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, we got a level-headed person on the show. You're at your own risk. You don't think the road is clear enough and straight enough that I can just throw a brick out of the pedal and go enjoy the party on the Bomba bus? Fire for the division, fire for up. the division, yes. Well, yeah, that's all yeah, I that's promised. Anything man. beyond that, that's all I, I promised. Yeah. Okay. Now, after uh-huh. that, whatever. If this thing goes flying off the road in October, whatever. Because I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. There's a huge gap in the bridge beyond uh, beyond that road to the division. Well, if we're being honest, what difference does it make which seat you're sitting in when you hit the cliff, right? Yeah. Might yeah. as well have a claw. Whether I'm in the driver's seat or Enjoy I'm it, grilling up a steak on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going off a bridge, we're going off a bridge, man. Yeah, because beyond the division, I might want to make sure I got a parachute on my back to make sure I can jump out the window. <laughs> well, there are no, safety. no parachutes in the postseason, I don't think. We talked about this at the beginning of the season, the metaphor of Rami as the bumble bus driver. You were temporarily taken out of that seat. Reluctantly. I well, was dragged forcibly, out of that seat. Yeah. I was dragged out of that seat. You didn't have a say seat. in the no. matter. 
You were taken out of it by force. Manny and Danny each grabbed an arm and yanked <laughs> me out of the seat. And put jittery uh, Judd in there. Judd Zolgad became the driver of the Bomba bus. Freaking out over every pothole and but turn in the road. He did have a World Series attitude. You got to give him that. Even when he was freaking out over the little bumps or the little hairpin turn here or there, or a little two month stretch of five hundred baseball. <laughs> I mean, even when he was freaking out about that stuff, he did it with the World Series in mind. So that's why he was given the keys to the Bomba bus. But I think it became clear sometime, well, was after the trade deadline. I want to say it was in, like, mid to late August. It became pretty clear that I never know. I didn't know if there was a moment at which you took back the wheel, Rami. Mm-hmm. But it was just pretty apparent that you were the one driving. You were getting the turn signals going. You were the one with your hands on the wheel. One hand on the wheel as you turned around to shout to those of us sitting in the back of the Bomba bus. Uh, this represents a positive change to me. I I loved riding shotgun as Judd drove that Bomba bus down the highway 65. You could take in all the scenery, but then there going was real slow. But then there was yeah by the by the by the flip as as the calendar turned to September, there was no doubt to me. I don't know if this was ever formally announced, so we'll take this opportunity to formally announce it that you, Rami Makloff, have once again usurped control Thank as you. the driver of the Bomba bus. Thank you. Now that all that's left is what we talked about in like April. When you said sooner or later this thing's going to get to a straight stretch of freeway down the Audubon, and I'm just going to throw a cinder block on the gas pedal, I'm going to hop in the back, and I'm going to party with the rest of you. I think that's what I'm doing. I think the brick is on the pedal. Yeah, I think so. I think the brick is on the pedal, and now it's really a party. Now I'm in the back throwing claws around. Why claws? That's... That's fine. I got beers too. I'm a beer and claw guy. I don't feel like you have to take sides. That's fine. Especially not at not at a party. Not on a bomba bus party. <laughs> drink what you want, man. There's hard liquor back here too. Do people have to drink responsibly? No. As long as they're not driving. Yeah. I mean, either look, either this thing is gonna get through the finish line and then we run out of gas just as it gets through the finish line and we get off and really have a party, or it's a fiery crash, and we all burn anyways, so enjoy yourself. Well, Manny wants a parachute, and I'm sure he's not the only one. <laughs> so for clarification's sake, in the in the spirit of clarity here on the Score North First Place Twin Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, Rami, are there any parachutes aboard this bus? No, no parachutes, no seat belts, okay. no airbags, no precautionary measures of any kind. All right, Sorry, then pull Manny. over and let me out. <laughs> I can't. Sorry, the Sorry, brakes Manny. are cut. I tried. I can't. I tried to. I tried to hook it and up I with need, parachutes. I'm gonna need like you're in this, man. I'm gonna need like Jack Bauer no, or somebody. You're in this to, with us, man. Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> character from True Lies or somebody to come rescue me out of this thing. <laughs> However, guys, this thing ends. It ends. You guys uh, aware? If he of, dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aware of the uh, likely matchup? In the first round of the... Do we have a likely matchup already? No, I don't think so, but I did write about it for Five Thoughts this morning on scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app. Yep, it's all there. And identical records atop the American League right now. The New York Yankees and the Houston Astros both have 98 wins and same number of games remaining. So I don't know if... I don't know if I'm the only one thinking about it like this, but then I went up and I looked at the schedules, who you got left... They both should win a lot of baseball games. They're two very good baseball teams. The only question is, do you let off the gas and try to set yourself up for round one, or do you try to sprint through the finish line and earn yourself home field advantage throughout? Short of deciding which team hashtag wants it more, 
I would say that the schedule and the talent on each roster favors the Houston Astros to win the best record in the American League, which would then pit you, Minnesota Twins, in a road series with the New York Yankees. You want to talk about that? A little bit? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, we might have somebody with some perspective on the Yankees coming up on the show. Uh, Word is... Yet out if we're going to have a guest here. On this next <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me. Literally, something. I was just checking my text to make sure we were cool here. <laughs> that was very. I don't even know what the word is. I was trying ominous? to be smooth. That was super yeah. ominous there. <laughs> like you paused, like you had something big. I was like, man, do you know something was happening? Man, he was looking at me like he had no idea. No, so, I knew what was happening. So this last time I did that ominous pause. Uh huh. I'll I'll start by saying this is not going to be Thad Levine as our phone guest coming. Okay, up. but the last time that was I, the last time you last time me. I hit you with the ominous pause it was at the Great Minnesota Get Together, the Minnesota State Fair, and our guest coming out of break was Thad Levine. Should General we do a drum roll? Should we do a drum Twins. roll for the uh, for the guest? Well, I got a text. I got a text that's uh, questioning whether that's coming or not, Manny. So I'll figure it out in the break. How come yeah. nobody tells me anything? That's the real question here. Uh, because you're irresponsibly driving with a cinder block on the gas pedal, That's drinking true. white cloths in the back of a party bus. Yeah, That's right. Keep me. things for me. <laughs> the Bomba bus is rolling. It's the Score North first place twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is nine. Rami, Derek, Manny talking twins with you for two hours. We'll look ahead to a likely matchup with the Yankees with maybe a mystery guest that even I don't know about. It's all happening on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated mutual insurance company business owners i'm talking to you and i've been one myself i know what goes into it you love it but you're grinding every day solving problems taking care of employees it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business when you partner with federated you get more than just a policy you benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative federated insurance it's our business to protect your the score north twin show also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. A drive to left field. Luplo going back, looking up. up. That ball's up. gone. A home run. Nelson Cruz with a two-run home run. And it's 5-4 Cleveland. That was a sweet crack in the bat on Fox Sports North. This is the Score North first place twins show live from Bowen Basota, the land of 10,000 ranks where the magic number is nine. We are on 1500 scorenorth.com. That Score North mobile app, which is totally free, at least for now. Don't know how long that'll last, so act fast. Go get that Score North mobile app. And we are streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Hi, people who can see me right now. Hi. In all my glory. Uh, Derek teased before the break a uh, special mystery guest who even I didn't know about to talk about the Twins taking two of three, sweeping a doubleheader, and look ahead at a likely matchup with the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs. Can I that... do the drum roll? Oh, please do. Yes. To. I think this guy deserves a drum The mystery roll. guest is... Glenn Perkins, who you hear every Thursday right here on Score North. Glenn Perkins on baseball, the Score North first place Twins show. Former Twins closer joins us now on said show. Glenn, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm good, Derek. That's a heck of a way to uh, cover track. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, the uh, the guest booker uh, in this case really kind of blew it and tried to gla- grab uh, Glenn Perkins in tra- transit. Sorry to the. Uh, 
to the cabin. But of course, Glenn, there's a first time for everything. So, by the yeah. way, uh, guess who I am privy to? Uh, Brian Kenny of MLB Network will be joining us tomorrow at this time. But uh, like I said, Glenn Perkins joining us right now. Glenn, it's over, right? This thing is done. Twins are AL Central Championship. It's AL Central Champions. It's just a matter of formalities at this point, right? It, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you just said it. The magic number's nine. Yeah. Uh, they've got 13 games left. I did the math last week when I was on the pre and post game, and there's something like 35 and 13 or something against those teams. So, um, they're, I mean, they, they need to go nine and four, which I would imagine they will do. And that, and if, you know, if they do that, that means the Indians have to win out, which they're not going to do either. So, um, you know, the Twins, I, they probably have to win maybe five or six games from here to the rest of the season, and um, they've got it. I, it's, yeah, it's a matter of time. Uh, I'm just hoping I have that. I have the Tiger series, the second to last one of the season. So I'm hoping that they're still uh, in it and they can clinch during that because I would not want to be a part of a, a Tigers twin series where they're playing the Tigers and the Twins have already clinched. I don't think that'd be very entertaining <laughs> baseball. So Nothing on the line. I'm hoping that it's not done that soon. But yeah, yeah it's when they won uh, the first game Saturday. I feel like that was about it. Um, gave them a five and a half game lead, and you know, obviously, if they if they lost the last two, then it's three and a half and it's they're still gonna do it and and you know so being at where they're at now yeah it's it's all but it's all but done which is awesome and uh you know you could see Rocco yesterday with the lineup he put out just letting some guys get breaks letting some other guys play um and then when he had a chance he went for it a little bit you know he brought in Polanco to, to pinch hit but um you know he's going to be able to get some guys a little bit healthier than they have been and, and that's going to be a good thing um you know, heading into the playoffs, just, yeah. they had they had bumps and bruises. The Knicks that these guys have right now, uh, nagging things. Um, it'll be good for them to be able to, to kind of squash those and, and get healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, and Glenn, I know you like to joke about the fact that you played on a couple ninety loss teams, but you're also around for some pretty great baseball um, in the Twin Cities. Can you take us through or take the listeners of the Score North First Place Twin Show? Through what it's like in that clubhouse as this moment in usually September starts to come around where it's like, okay, okay, don't press, don't press. We're getting to a spot where it's getting pretty close. We can almost taste it. Um, and then to kind of finally pull it off. What's that like in a clubhouse? Yeah, I mean, so the first time was in 2006, and I was so new to the major leagues that I, I didn't really know, you know, how to how – to, react or how to take it you know i had come up and only pitching a couple games by the time we clinched so um you know that was a little and then in 2010 i i want to say we had like a 10 game lead like i think we were maybe even the first team to clinch that year and so it happened you know it's weird how it's like you haven't clinched you know and and so their magic number is nine right now so they've got to play five games to clinch and but it seems like if you play this whole season and then all of a sudden it's just done. Like, you know, you know, like, hey, going into a game, we have a chance to clinch today, but it's like everything wraps up so fast. It's a really weird feeling um, and super gratifying, you know, and hopefully, you know, I like when teams clinch a little early but not too early, um, you know, so the guys can still stay focused. Guys are still playing meaningful baseball. I think that helps uh, as you go to the playoffs. So, um you know, I wouldn't say the sooner the better for them. However, with the health issues that they have, I think it'll be good. But, mm-hmm. you know, all that being said, it's, it's a weird feeling where you you probably play 155-ish games, and then all of a sudden it's just done. 
you know, and, and then and then you're and then you're looking forward to the playoffs. You try not to. All those guys in the clubhouse right now are are not trying to look too far ahead. And then you know, you, you, maybe maybe you got a week left or five six games left, and and they don't mean anything anymore. So it's a really weird feeling, um, you know, when you get to experience that. But there's no better feeling than knowing, you know, a, a couple games before the season's over that, you know, Taylor Rogers, who's pitched a lot this year, he can just go to the field and get ready and maybe pitch once in the last couple games. And knowing that he can go and just get some work in and, and relax and watch a game and let some other guys take care of business. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun feeling in, in situations like that. And this is a, a banged-up Twins team, and we're going to talk about the, the likely potential matchup with the Yankees in the first round of the division series in a minute here with you. But that's 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 a series that's going to be daunting for this Twins team. At what point do you start thinking about resting guys? Do you have to actually mathematically clinch it before that's a real possibility, or do you start considering that right now? Well, I mean, you saw what Rocco did, and I, I mentioned it, you know, that he did. Kepler wasn't in the lineup. Polanco wasn't in the lineup. Guys that have played basically every day, when, and, you know, when they're healthy, uh, they're in the lineup every day. So those guys have already gotten to do that a little bit. I think that's a good plan is that you try to maybe, you know, over the course of the last 13 games, get those guys, you know, maybe nine starts and try to give them, you know, three games on and a game off sort of thing maybe. And, and you know, you're not in baseball. You, you want Jorge Polanco in the lineup. You want – you want Max Kepler in the lineup. You want Eddie Rosario in the lineup and Cruz and all these guys. But you also want them healthy for the playoffs. And in a one-game vacuum, those guys don't really mean that much. They're they're important over the course of the season. So they're they're not that much worse off. And I mean, even you talk about lineups. You know, throughout a season, optimizing lineups only worth a win or two throughout a whole season. So in the scope of one game, if those, getting those guys a breather, whether you clinch or not. I, I don't see a problem in that, and I, I would imagine that's what Rocco's going to do. You know, and I think this this series that they have now, you know, two night games and a day game or whatever it is, it, some of those guys probably aren't going to play that day game, and there's really no reason to do that, especially if they go out and win tonight, win tomorrow. You know, you, you can start ticking off how many wins you need to get, and depending on what the Indians do too. So as it gets closer, and they already have a, I think Fangraphs had them today at 99.8%. So, um Again, it's basically done, and you don't want to take it for granted. But at the same time, they're not going to—they're not going to blow this one again with the competition they have left, and, and also with the competition they have. So, yeah. I think, yeah, you, you can you can get those guys some breaks, and, and like I said, in, in the in the in, a, in the microcosm of one game, it's not going to make a difference anyways. Yep, I'm with you, Perk, and I also like what the Twins did. They pushed back Jose Barrios another day. He was going to start Sunday. Now he'll start tonight um, at home at Target Field. I, I like that because I think he's better with an extra day of rest, and I like it because it's sort of uh, it's sort of showing your hand if you're the Twins that hey, we feel pretty good about this thing. I, I'm I'm curious to ask you about because the way the bullpen has sort of set up here the last oh two three weeks. I got a Twitter question saying, would it make any sense to go bullpen game for the ALDS, given that they pitched so well over the weekend? Is that something you're considering, or would you like to see the Twins go a little more traditional starting rotation if and when they punch that postseason I, ticket? I mean, once it, when they get to the ALDS, they're not going to do a bullpen game, I think. It was pretty cool. They almost swept the Indians with three bullpen games. Yeah. Um, but that's not something you want to do going into the playoffs. I, it, you know, and what happens in the playoffs is your guys are fresh. You have a few more days off. You know, you don't play more than two games in a row or whatever. So, um, it, what it, what ends up happening is Barrios, Odorizzi, Gibson, whoever 
the three guys that are going to start those first three games are going to be on a short leash. And so, in essence, you, you might bullpen a game anyways. You might see, you know, Jake Odorizzi starts the first game of the playoffs. You might see him for four innings, and they have a couple-run lead. That might be it, and they can just go to Duffy and May and, and, and Rogers and finish that game off. So, I think that, in that sense, you know, we're definitely going to see more relievers in, in the playoffs than we've seen during the season. They're not going to try to get six innings out of any of those guys. I, you know, there's, there's really no need unless they get some sort of a big lead in the game. But um, I, I definitely wouldn't want to see any of the three guys that started games against the Indians starting a game in the playoffs. I don't mm. think that's not, a, that's not a recipe for success. You've got some good starters that have had good moments during the season, and I think you, you, you run them out there as long as, as they can and Rocco West Johnson's going to tell those guys before the game don't worry about the fifth inning or the sixth inning give it everything you've got for as long as you can then we're going to get you out of there and, and use those guys that have been so doing so well down the stretch how much trouble did you think they were in after Odorizzi gets burned in, in the rain out Friday night and now you're going double bullpen day for a doubleheader and staring down the barrel at two of the Indians best starters well yeah it was Clevenger in that first game you know you're, you're thinking uh this this might not go too well. Um, I was pretty confident that they were going to win one of those, just the way they've been hitting the ball, and, and they're going to they're, they're going to break through. They broke through in that second game, so you know they, that first game though to get that one was just was huge. And against a guy like Clevenger, to get two runs and then and then that offense to hold them down for nine innings is not an easy thing to do. But it kind of showed what this team can do when they play their best, and that they go in there banged up and with no starters and go and, and almost sweep the series. So I think that's a confidence boost for them. But, yeah, going on, on Saturday, I, I, uh, I was watching that first game and thought, man, they need to get out to a lead somehow and hope they can just hold it down. It got a little hairy at the end. But, um, you know, they, they got the job done. And I think that's just a Minnesota sports fan of me that, that's a little bit skeptical. <laughs> and, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of guys that are in my shoes fans that are in my shoes and and to see him go and do that it, it's one of those things that it seems like that that the teams that we uh cheer for don't do that so it was awesome to see them go out on a on a, on a weekend like that and sweep the double header especially with guys that they ran out there i mean they they did not run out their best obviously and they lost their best especially their best guy against the indians the has been amazing against yeah. the indians this year so to lose him in that game uh they bounced back out there showed some resiliency and that's a good trait to have yeah, it's a it's a big win. Uh, and speaking of traits to have, Glenn, I got to ask you one more before we let you go here. And I saw you tweeting about this the other day, but then I'll be honest. I mean, it was a long tweet thread, and you were retweeting some guy, and there was some math involved. And I was like, I'll just nah. That's that's when I check out too. Right? Yeah, I'll just like, somebody math. will explain this Ugh. to me. Yeah. So in layman's terms, uh, as, and maybe as best you can, you, what you were tweeting about was like the home run teams that do well in the playoffs because there's this narrative out there that. You can't rely on the long ball in October. Uh, the Twins are one of the best there is at hitting the long ball. It seems like you think that might set them up actually pretty well for October, despite the public narrative that dingers don't win in October. Yeah, so the premise of it is basically you're going to face better pitching. So teams that for more run, home run are, are still going to hit. They still hit home runs at the same rate in the playoffs as they did during the regular season. And so in the run-scoring environment, that means those homers are more bad. So it, it, basically what it said is home runs in the playoffs are more valuable than they are during the regular season, and it's been proven out over time that, that teams at home will hit 
in the playoffs. It's just that they're not going to score. Teams aren't going to score those those runs with four or five hits in an inning because you're going to get the pitcher out of there. And so when you can get a guy on and then hit a home run or, or you know hit a couple home runs, score quick, three runs in an inning on a matter you know a span of a couple batters and a couple pitches, that's more valuable than it is during the regular season with the run environment being suppressed. So um, it it, it was kind of, yeah, I mean, I think we could probably talk more about that on Thursday. It was a really interesting uh, thread by that guy. Um, You know, and it's just, that's the thing, and that's kind of what I've been saying the last couple weeks on Thursday is that this team's going to score runs, and it's a race to stick in those games because you're going to end up seeing – Duffy and May and and Zach Littell and Taylor Rogers for the last five six innings of a game, and they're not going to give up runs, and they they don't really give up home runs either. So you you have to score quick, you have to score early, and then and then kind of just hold on. Not unlike what they did in that game against against Clevenger uh, on Saturday, where you score too early and then just hang on tight and hope that you hold off. So yeah, the basic premise is just home runs are, are more important in the playoffs and more valuable in the playoffs. And, you know, with the Twins hitting home runs like they do, I think that's a good thing. That's great. So, Glenn just guaranteed Twins beat the Yankees in the American <laughs> League Division Series. Good Something to hear. Like that. Glenn. That's a hell of a deduction. Out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Thanks a lot, Glenn. Hey, I appreciate Perk, it. Perk, thanks for joining on short notice, and uh, don't hurt yourself pulling that dock in this week, huh? Uh, no problem. I'll talk to you guys later. Right, see, you, see you, Glenn. There's Glenn Perkins, former Twins closer. Every Thursday at noon on the uh, on Glenn Perkins on Baseball Score North first place Twins tour or whenever you want to listen to it on the Score North mobile app and wherever you download podcasts. Um, anytime, anywhere, I believe is the slogan. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this week with Glenn because he's been in. I, I said this during the interview, but he makes fun of himself for being on some of those ninety loss teams. Like when he was Glenn Perkins All Star closer, they weren't very great teams. Like he was one of the best things going for those teams. But he was also a part of some of those great Twins teams. 2006 is neck and neck right now for me, boys, with 2019 as the best Twins team of my conscious memory. Because, like, I wouldn't remember in 1991. Right. But, I mean, 2006 was fantastic. He was on that team. 2010 was fantastic and deep on the lineup side of things. Very similar to this team, I would say with the core guys, the core bats that they had. Um, so I guess I'm just really fascinated to see like what this plays out to be, what it's like, what's the psychology of being on a team that's tried to, I don't want to say act, but like they've played the part of too cool for school at, at every single turn this year. A hot start, too cool for school. Not going to get too up by it. Bit of a crash and Cleveland's playing 700 baseball. Too cool for school. Not going to get affected by this mentally. We're just going to play today's game. We're going to see, do the best we can do. And now, basically punch your ticket to October. And what is it? Too cool for school. We got games left to play. We haven't clinched anything yet. We are going to continue to play out the schedule. I'm just, I'm fascinated by the psychology, all of that. Because as I was watching on Saturday, boys, I don't know about you. They won that first game. And I thought, okay. That's that. Now what happens the rest of the series is almost gravy, and then they win Saturday night's game, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Monday's show is going to be celebrating a division title. What does this look like? But I don't, this is why I'm fascinated, because I don't think Nelson Cruz thinks that way necessarily. You don't? I don't think he's sitting there feeling himself like, oh, all the hard work was finally worth it. When they won game one on Saturday, 
Like I'm a I'm a law of averages guy. You know what I mean? So sure. w- when you get nine shutout innings in a bullpen game, I'm going, all right, man, here comes the hammer. Like the, yeah, 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 the, right. other, shoe, the other shoe is going to drop. <laughs> that pendulum is going to swing right, back exactly. pretty hard. That's what I was thinking. And then it got off to the start that it got off to, and it, it wasn't looking great. Uh, who was the pitcher in the to start the second game? Um, For the Twins? Yes. Lewis Thorpe. That's who it was. And it was right after Phil Mackey had ethered Lewis Thorpe on Mackey and Judd with Robbie on Friday. So I was like, oh, man, here we go. And But they... They pulled it out to their credit. That was huge, man. That was huge. That could have that could have turned this whole division. That really that rain out and then being forced into a double bullpen day on Saturday after having Odorizzi burned, who is your best pitcher against the Indians all season long. That could have that could have turned the whole tide in the division. You know what I'd love to have been privy to. I would love to have been a part if it's even happened once this year. Because how many times have we heard in sports, guys, the team meeting, the oh, play, whether it was players only or coaches, it doesn't matter, unscheduled, impromptu meeting that was a pivot point from a bad team to a good team. I would love to know how many times either Rocco Baldelli or Nelson Cruz or Derek Shelton or James Rousen or Wes Johnson or anybody has taken this group, collectively sat them down and said, all right, here's how we have to think about this series. Here's how we have to think about tonight's game, or here's how we have to think about this homestand. Because I don't know, I haven't been able to notice any difference. I was going to say, I don't know that you necessarily have to. I think it's more of setting a tone that we have another game to play tomorrow. It's crazy, and it's all kinds of impressive. So anyways, that's a long way to my point of, I, I that's what I wanted to ask Glenn about, and I thought he had some really great insight into what you're thinking in a clubhouse when it does get down to the wire like that. And now here the Twins find themselves knocking on the door of an American League Central Championship. He touched on something that I wanted to talk with you guys about before this this stretch of games started where they had the Nationals, the Indians, and who was the other tough team that they had in this this stretch they just went through? Nationals Well, Indians. they played the Indians twice. Indians so twice. You're thinking. Anyways, it was a tough stretch that they went through, yeah. and Judd said on this show, and I think we were all in agreement, like, yeah, the bullpens looked really good since the trade deadline, we're going to find out how for real they are here in this in this 10 or 13 game stretch. Well, they're through the stretch now and I think we have a pretty good idea of what this bullpen is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're you're talking about Boston included. Boston. In that That's who too. else it yeah. was. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that right after this on the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is 9. We're on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, it's Score North download time. I'm Manny Hill, and uh, this Score North download is powered by Modest Brewing Company. And as you guys know, the Twins swept a split doubleheader with the Cleveland Indians on Saturday en route to taking two of three overall from the weekend from Cleveland. And here's what uh, manager Rocco Baldelli had to say about sweeping that split doubleheader on Saturday. Um, now that the games are over, um, at least today, we have one more. Um, you know, you can say they were they were big games. They were they were important games. It was it was it was a lot of fun. There was a, not just uh, in pretty good shape to wrap things up for the American League Central. If you are going to a Twins game, check out Modest Brewing, located only two blocks from the Target Field Station. Modest is known for serving a wide variety of one-of-a-kind, super drinkable craft beers. For our full menu of craft beers, go to modestbrewing.com as we return 
to the Score North First Place Twin Show. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is nine. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, that was Manny Hill on the download. And I said before the break, I want to talk about the bullpen and get there in just a second. But Manny just made me think of something in the download. and in Was the, it modest brewing in their well, beers? Yes. Uh, but besides that. Oh, okay. Because I'm trying not to think about alcohol while I work. Um, <laughs> plenty of time for that later. But... Him talking about the atmosphere in this in this series this weekend against the Indians, and it occurred to me while I was listening to Rocco Baldelli talk about the the electricity of the series and and the way that the Twins handled it. Looking back, and again, this just occurred to me now, so maybe I'm forgetting something, Derek. But every series that sort of had that playoff feel, you can't really simulate the playoff feel until you get to the playoffs. But every series that's had that type of tension and electricity, the Yankees come to mind. And that series that the Yankees took two of three, but the middle game could have easily gone either way. I said, that's, I said that's as close as you can come to splitting a three-game series as, <laughs> as I've ever <laughs> that's seen. Right, that's right. Um, but every series that they've had like that, they didn't win them all. But they were they were right there and didn't didn't shrink in the moment. It didn't it didn't seem like at any point. And it's a good sign, I think, going into October that they've been overwhelmed. By by big moments and big series right. so far this season. Yeah, you're saying it doesn't doesn't seem like they've ever no. backed down from that one. No. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, just off the top of my head, I mean, they've done they've acquitted themselves well against the Astros. I think they took three or four from the Rays in Tampa St. Pete. The Yankees series, the aforementioned mm-hmm. Yankees series at uh, Target Field, was bananas. Every Indian series that's been played since the, the race got kind of tight, they've been pretty have been back and fun, forth, pretty, pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah, I would say even. It's not like the Twins steamroll no, these teams, and that's not what I'm saying. Sure, I'm just saying that they they showed up for the fight. There were, there was yeah. never any point where they went, guys. This is a this is different. We've we haven't played games this big before, right? Well, and even the Brewers series where uh, Taylor Rogers gave up a home run and it was kind of like back mm-hmm. and forth playoff vibe, and that was in I want to say well, it was in May or something like that. Um, May, August, I want to say it, the one in Miller Park. I was talking at Target Field. Oh, at Target Field. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right about um, that. It, anyway, it was just like felt like diet postseason. And yeah, I'd be fascinated. Actually, that might be a good column, Rami. I'll go back and look at the games or series that we talked about as having been diet playoffs mm-hmm. and see how the Twins have done in those. Because they've also had just stinkers where, like, you know, you lose to the Mets and then you get embarrassed by the Mets before the Mets were the good Mets and they were still the LOL Mets. And that was, like, bad. That felt bad. If you're the Twins. But if you remember, that was the start of the Mets. Figuring things out. Yeah. That but, series with the twins. Yeah, but getting them hot doesn't make you feel better about at it. The t- no, but at the time, you're going, this is a yeah. terrible Mets team. Yeah, What's going yeah. on here? You look back on it, and it's not as terrible a Mets team as it looked at the time. I feel you. I'm just saying. So, like, it, in the spirit of balance, they have looked bad in some series. But I agree with your point that when they get up against the big boxer in the ring, when Mike Tyson's standing up there, and you've got to duck between the ropes and have your name and weight announced for the crowd that's screaming... They haven't shied away from that moment. The Twins, I think personally, this is just my opinion, I think led by Nelson Cruz in that regard, where he walks in and they're like, oh my gosh, you know that's... uh you know that's uh, Justin Verlander on the mound on the other side. Oh, look in that corner. Nelson it, Cruz looks at that and goes, does yeah. he know I'm Nelson Cruz? <laughs> he walks between the rope and he's <laughs> like, yeah, you know who I am? Right. It's amazing and that, not cockiness, like I hate saying it like it's cocky, but that sort of necessary self-confidence to an almost 
insane amount. I think that embodies this Twins team this year. And I agree with your point that like they've stepped into big series and they have not backed down from that moment. I was saying I want to talk about the bullpen before the stretch of Red Sox, Indians, Nationals, Indians. Yes. Four very good offenses. Judd came in here, and at the time, the Twins' bullpen since the trade deadline had looked very good, one of the best in baseball, and said, well, we're going to find out how, how real that bullpen is in these next in these next 13 games or whatever uh-huh. it was, 12 games. And we all said, yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. That's that's a fair measurement because before that, they were going against the Indians and the, no, I'm sorry, the, the Tigers and the, the White Sox, oh, some sure. not-so-great offenses. Well, now, since August 1st, Eric Wedmore, the Minnesota Twins bullpen is eleven and four with a three five seven ERA. That's fourth in the majors. Their uh, FIP is three four eight fielder independent pitching, which is first in the majors, and they're tied for first with WAR in WAR with a three point one WAR. They're third uh, with a two one three WPA. Wow! I mean, that's and I know those are some deep numbers, some deep dives on some numbers and some nerdy statistics. But yeah, but I heard first, I heard third, I heard third, and I heard first. That, that's all you need to know yeah. is that in the in the major <laughs> statistics that people are using to measure bullpens in 2019, the Twins are somewhere between first and third in, in all those categories. And if you're an ERA guy, which I think still carries some weight, it's a stat that still carries some I'm weight with ERA. in telling you how good a bullpen is. They're fourth in major in the major leagues since adding Sam Dyson and Sergio Romo and some of the call-ups, and even without Dyson for the last, what is it, now 10 days they've been without him? Yeah, well, you could make a one-liner joke there that they've been without him since they got him. Yeah, most of the time since they got him. Who's who's first and second on some of those? I don't have that in front of me. I wrote about the bullpen for the Five Thoughts column today, so I got a couple of these just in the American League, um, some of the teams that are ahead of them. I went second half. Like I'm not just looking trade deadline. I'm looking since the break. Um... Who is first? The Rays, Astros, and Indians are the top three in the American League. Twins are fourth with a 4.01 earned run average as a bullpen in that time. So, like, that's kind of what I see them as. I see them as a bullpen that, on the whole, is on the backside of American League playoff teams, but in the second half is inching its way up more towards the middle or towards the, as I think Thad Levine might say, the bottom portion of the top part of American League bullpens. I think the Twins are in that mix to be one of not the best bullpens, but recently, guys, it's been a lot better, and it's it's no longer some like embarrassing faults that you try to cover for. Now they can legitimately rely on, rely on some of the arms um, back there in the bullpen and, and lean on them almost as a strength. And I think with especially the Michael Pineda suspension, you're gonna to need to lean on your bullpen a little bit more and you feel oh, a lot yeah. you feel a lot better leaning on that bullpen than you did six weeks ago or seven weeks ago or about, going all the way back to the all star break. How about what they did over the weekend? Right. Um Jake Odorizzi gets burned on a Friday and he was kinda of mad about it, but let's be honest, guys. If uh if you said I'll trade you Jake Odorizzi for Aaron Savale, I think you'd make that swap if you're the twins. Now the the giving up the lead and whatever, that stuff all factors in. But I just think that the concerning part about it for the Twins is that they then had to go double-barrel bullpen game in a one-day doubleheader. Like, that's just tough to do against a good team. But how'd they come out of it? They came out of it great. I'm throwing out Lewis Thorpe's numbers, but I'm including Devin Smeltzer's just to make the numbers look a little bit more impressive. I'm cherry-picking. Sue me. The Twins bullpen. Stats lie. That's why on, liars use stats. On Saturday, uh, 
Who said that? Mike Zimmer, I believe. Zimmer. Right, I love, Manny? I isn't that, a, isn't that a Zimmerism? What was the quote again? Stats lie. That's why liars use stats. Or numbers Did lie. Say that? I think that so. sounds like something he would say. It does sound like I covered him for a couple of years. It sounds like something. Sounds, it totally sounds like something Zim would you say. You know what? It sounds like something he'd say while staring right at Matthew Collar in the, <laughs> in the press conference. Um, take your PFF grades and you know what with them. Yeah. That um, also sounds like something Mike Zimmer would he say. He might say that with the microphone yeah. off, yes. Um, or Probably. on. Who knows? It's Probably Mike Zimmer. Probably on. Yeah. Uh, so. The bullpen on Saturday was so impressive to me. I, I made note of it for the five thoughts column. It's the fifth thought basically saying, hey, tip your cap to these guys. We dumped on them early in the year. And I say we, I mean like observers of the Twins. Sure. This show, we've I think we've always been pretty fair to the Twins bullpen. We've been pretty good to them relative to the crowd. But we look at the crowd as a whole and the Twins bullpen has just been just killed all year long. And on Saturday... The relievers of Devin Smeltzer, Zach Littell, Tyler Duffy, Sergio Romo, Taylor Rogers, Cody Stashak, Bruce Darkratterol, Trevor May combined for 14 and a third innings, zero earned runs. That's good, I'm thinking. With five right? walks and 15 strikeouts in those 14 and a third innings. That's all kinds of impressive. And don't forget that the division was on the line basically that day. I mean,. For dumping on them all year and playing two, uh, did the Twins bullpen do its job? It's an abbreviated version today, boys. The Twins bullpen was super impressive this weekend. Gratterol looked outstanding. That Saturday was hard night. to say fast. Untouchable. <laughs> we'll hit a quick break. On the other side, still another hour of Twins talk. It's the Score North first place Twins show live from Bone Basota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is nine. Rami, Derek, Manny, back with you after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. A deep drive to right field, and Rosario's put the Twins in front. A two-run jolt. And another early 2-0 Twins lead. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North as the Twins take two of three from the Indians over the weekend, making the magic number nine here in Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Hour two of the Score North first place Twins show on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Back to Vikings talk. If you're listening to us live, coming up in less than an hour, two o'clock, Matthew Collar will be in here with Purple Daily, the only place where you get two hours of Vikings talk. Monday through Friday on Score North. Lots and, of Kirk uh, Cousins uh, really? discussion, I would imagine. Are you going to talk about Kirk Cousins today? Did he do something this weekend? Did he? Yeah, yeah, he did, he did mean, something. He did a couple things yesterday. Depends what you mean by do something. Some would say he didn't do anything. Might have been better off if well, I he, was under center. He did, he did some things yesterday. <laughs> uh, Don't get me started. <laughs> Manny, I heard you melting down after the game. But yeah, that first and uh, goal. Might have been better off if one of the three of us was taking that snap. Because we would have had the good sense to throw it out of the back of the end zone. Um, you brought up something with Glenn Perkins when we talked to him in hour one of the show. And if you missed that, it'll be up shortly at uh, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, wherever you get podcasts. And that was a uh, a Twitter thread from James Smith that, that uh, Glenn had retweeted. And there, there's a lot to get into here, but basically... What it's looking at as we start to look ahead to October and the Twins' chances 
come October against some of the better teams in the American League. There is the the concern out there, Derek, that, yeah, this Twins team can hit a lot of home runs, but come the postseason, you're going to have to manufacture some runs, and home runs, you're not going to be able to rely on them as, as heavily as you do in the regular season. And James looks at the the weight of home runs in the postseason and, and how much teams can still rely on that come October and just to boil it down real simply for you, teams that hit home runs in the regular season, they continue to hit them in the postseason, and they they weigh even more because scoring overall goes down in the postseason because teams go down to their best three or four starters and their best four or five bullpen guys. So you're not facing the fifth starter. You're not facing the sixth or seventh guy out of a bullpen. You're facing the best arms that the best teams in the American League have to face so there's less runs scored, but almost just as many home runs hit by teams that hit a lot of home runs. You followed a lot of postseason teams, Rami, yeah. and uh, specifically one that capped it all off. I remember that team for a lot of different things, the 2016 Cubs. Um, mm. Bombas being one of them. Have you got the tattoo yet, by the way? I have not. Are you no. still planning on it? Or it's Maybe. October, right? It's birthday month. Might be next year's tax return. Okay. <laughs> How weird is that going to be? Me walking into a tattoo parlor, sir? Do you know what year in it what, is? May of twenty twenty. Are you okay? I put it right there. <laughs> I lift up the sleeve. I'm like right there. Twenty sixteen World Series champs, sir. Well, I can't fly forever, man. <laughs> sir, I'm not going to touch you with this ink until I check you for a head wound. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm curious, and Perk sort of shed his opinion on this. And and if you're looking for this thread, it's Glenn actually retweeted it, so you can just find it on Twitter by going to his profile. You know what? I'll retweet it right now. So. Whoa, yeah. Make it even easier for you to find. Multi-platform here on the Score North First Place Twin Show, Rami. Mm -hmm. Um, But to the listeners that are not on Twitter right now or they're driving, and so please don't take out your phone and look for Rami's retweet. It's Rami is tweeting. It's basically talking. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, however I get followers. The brand is strong. (laughs) It's, It's basically looking at, hey, okay, so what's the percentage of runs scored by home run hitting teams. Hey, what? Put another way, how much, to what degree do you rely on home runs to score your runs? We all know the Twins score a ton of runs this year. And most of us know, too, if you've seen that big giant bomba counter out on the right field plaza, know that they also hit a lot of bombas this year. And there's this narrative, not specific to Twins fans, I'm not accusing anybody here of anything, but you hear it floated around, even national media talking about, yeah, well, in postseason when stuff tightens up, can't rely on the long ball as much anymore. And anyways, James did some historical research on this and basically said, no, that's not true. You totally can rely on the long ball in October. In fact, teams that score a lot of their runs via the home run also score a lot of runs in October, even against good pitching that makes its way to the postseason. So... I don't think that the Twins are going to be World Series favorites. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, the the sexy sleeper pick in the American League necessarily. But I would just say that if you're going to pick against the Twins, don't do it because you think they pick so many that they hit so many home runs and that they're too reliant on it. In fact, that might tr- prove to be a strength for the Twins in the postseason, is what James said. So this is a long way of getting to my question: mm-hmm. Do you buy that? Home runs do win in October. I mean, I believe in data and statistics, so yes, because I'm I'm looking at this right now, and 
I don't think this is going too deep for people who are listening on. Sometimes you lose people with numbers, but I, I, sure. I feel like this is surface enough that we're not we're not going to lose people with this. So he looked at MLB playoff teams from 1995 to 2018 and measured runs per game, home runs per game, and the percentage of runs scored on home runs. Following me so far? I got you. Okay, so runs per game went down from uh, 4.94 to 4.17, a 16% drop-off. That's from regular season to postseason, yes. you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so, so so fewer runs are scored, period. Right. Home runs per game went down from 1.15 to 1.06, an 8% drop-off. Okay, so down, but not down as much. Percentage of runs on home runs went up from 37.2 to 39.6, a 6% increase. Wow, okay. So you're actually getting... Percentage-wise, more of your runs on the home run in the postseason than you are in the regular season because it makes and it makes sense because when you're facing good pitchers, it's harder to string together hits to yeah. score runs the old-fashioned way. Find get lucky on one or or take advantage of a mistake from Justin Verlander. Sure, it's easier to put up a run on on one that goes over the wall than it is to get a single and then a double and then a sacrifice fly or a bunt or whatever you want to do. Yeah, and I guess you don't see the meltdowns in the same way that you would um, in April. Like if a guy's just melting down in May, he might just have to wear it and pitch three four innings and give up his seven eight nine runs. I don't care who you are. Nobody's immune to it. I mean, Jose Barrios did that this year. Jacob Arizzi did that this year. Other good pitchers around the big leagues have suffered that fate in the name of, well, ah, we're going to have to soak up some innings here. But in the playoffs, that's out the window. Quicker hooks, bullpens that are ready to be fired because you don't need to worry about rest nearly as much in a short series in October when every game feels like winner go home. So I guess it makes sense that that you would see this. I just um I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what happens with the twins. Like they're gonna have here's a prediction for you guys. We did a write that down last week with Judd Rami. Manny mm-hmm. and Judd and myself predicted what did we do? We had to get the win totals for the Indian series, which Manny was the only one to get correct. And then we had to make a super specific prediction about the series, something that was gonna happen. And Manny, I don't know. I don't remember what all of them were, but I don't think any of them. I remember us... mine. Mine was, well, I mean, it ended up changing because they pushed Barrios back. Oh, that's it right. Was, it was that Barrios was going to continue basically what we saw against the Nationals last yeah, week. Yeah, well, that sounds him. like some excuse making. You were wrong about that one. Yep, 100% <laughs> wrong. I was, I was wrong about mine that uh, Mitch Garver would go deep. And uh, Judd. Uh, Judd's was by the end of the series, the Twins are going to wish that the Indians hadn't traded Trevor Bauer because they'd need somebody to beat up on. <laughs> the pitching matchup. I don't know if that's exactly true. I don't think that one came true either. Um, but I guess I'm I'm just going to be fascinated to see if this prediction comes true. Which is one, the Twins are punching their ticket to the postseason. Two, they're facing the Yankees. Three, that sets them up very well for a a. Five game set in which Bombas will be the difference. So I just I'm fascinated to see if those predictions come true and how that plays out. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying they they can very well win a series doing things the way that they've done it through 152 games or 153 games, whatever they've played. I don't think because you see it all the time. And actually, I just saw one come across my timeline. 
a second ago of people saying that you're going to have to play small ball. You're going to have to find a way to manufacture runs in the postseason. And the numbers and, like I said, the logic behind the numbers say otherwise. What are the chances you're going to string together four hits against Justin Verlander to to scratch across two runs? The chances are much better that you're going to run into one that he leaves over the plate and put up a run by putting the ball over the fence. Aren't your chances, aren't your chances of that better? Aren't the odds better that you do that? And like I was saying, like you don't get the big inning meltdowns either. So you don't get the like, oh, well, boy, he let a couple guys on base and then, yep, two run double. And then, ah, they reloaded the bases, bases clearing gapper. It's like, no, if, if he loads the base and gives up a double, he's out. The next guy's up because that guy's got 97 with life and strikeout stuff. So postseason's a different animal, man. This um, is a tweet the tweet I was just referencing yeah, from yeah. Corbett. He tweeted both of us. At Rami is tweeting at Derek Wetmore. Home runs in the postseason or lack of was a big problem with 2000s Twins postseasons. Could not manufacture runs against top pitchers. Also, crucial home runs played huge roles in 87 and 91 World Series. Sure, trips. and I hear you, Corbett, but like they, they also just couldn't pitch with those teams. They just couldn't hang. It was like a talent disparity, from my perspective anyways. I mean, 2006 was a super fun year, and I just mentioned it as the most memorable twin series, twin season of, of my baseball-watching remembering life. But by the end of that year, you had no Frankie, and, you know, Brad Radke was what? He was running on fumes by the end of that thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just tempted to push back against this narrative that the Twins can't do anything in the postseason um, because they're the Bomba squad. Like, no, this is this is what they do. This is how they win ball games. They might win 100 ball games doing just that, and then maybe it's an even bigger strength once you get to October. It's not going to be easy, but it, no matter what path you take, it wasn't going to be easy come October. I don't think that hitting a lot of home runs is a detriment to the Minnesota Twins, though. I think you can very well win baseball games like that April through September and in October and beyond. I don't think that they are going to suddenly flip how they play. Um, yeah, like Rocco Baldelli is going to start calling bunts. <laughs> he every just inning. walks out to the top step and holds up both hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not Rocco Ball, but I, you know, they don't have a ton of like. Huge on base guys. I mean, Luis Arise is a four eleven on base guy. Legitimately one of the best at getting on base in the big leagues, which is crazy, considering he's a twenty two year old rookie. But here we are. Nelson Cruz also very good at getting on base. Mitch Garver, Jorge Polanco. But like after that, you're not dealing with a ton of guys who you're just expecting to go be Ted Williams, go be Rod Carew, go be Tony Gwynn. You've got guys that sit back and hit bombas, and they do it at a crazy rate, two per game, unheard of, um, even in an era of a somewhat possibly, allegedly, maybe juicy baseball. The Twins are better at that than most teams are in the big leagues. If you're looking for small ball, if you're looking to string together hits, well, maybe the Yankees pitching staff lets you do that a little bit, but if the Twins are going to move on. I I'm already mentally moving them on into the American League Division Series. If they're going to move on to the Championship Series, 
I would think it's going to be on the strength of Bombas, and you're going to get some pitchers that stepped up big in that series. By the way, I want to I want to thank the listeners of the Score North First Place Twins show. My Sia Indians tweet with the peace sign and the laughing emoji. Yes, just crossed 100 likes. Nice. So th- thank you, everybody. Nice. Hey, welcome. Appreciate you it. it. You made it. Really, really, really appreciate it. Crossed the 100 likes mark. Um, that's a milestone. Congratulations, thank you. Rami. That's thank exciting. You. Well deserved. Thank well you, deserved. people. Appreciate it. Sorry I wasn't as excited the first time. I had to sit up in my chair. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, man. (laughs) Being ready on that. um, I actually had a thought when I was writing this uh, five thoughts column. Well, I had five of them. But one of the things I was thinking while I was penning this column this morning, guys, and I want your take on it. Do you have a preference who you face in round one? Now that we are already mentally moving ourselves on. I've been thinking about this, and I think I changed my mind. I have a strong preference. I think I changed my mind, and you might be surprised on who I'd rather face come October, because the Twins are going to win the AL Central. It's the Score North First Place Twins show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is nine. Rami, Derek, Manny, back with you after this on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile how to become a fan of baseball and everything you need to know about how baseball works. And it might get a little crazy, but let's get straight to it. Whoever scores the most runs wins. It's the Score North Twin Show. Twins. twins coverage on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. A high fly to left field. Going back is Allen at the wall. It's off the wall. Kepler will score the tying run on a Polanco double. Wow. That I like courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is D Score North. First place twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 ranks. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. We're on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. If you don't have that mobile app yet, oh man, what are you doing? You like Score North? Why don't you have the mobile app? How are you going to win the 50,000? Giveaway exactly for Bomba's the away. next fifty thousand giveaway that we're going to have because there will be more. We gave away well, we tried to give away a thousand dollars earlier this month. It ended up being a thousand dollars. Yeah, or dude, last month I guess. Now we, we should uh, we should consider bringing that back. I mean, I'm down. It's not okay. my money. Yeah, I'll just yeah sign sign a check. So in addition to great giveaways, it's also your one stop shop for all written content from ScoreNorth.com, like Derek Wetmore's five thoughts column that went up today. Today, today, today yes. it went up. Okay, yes. it went up today. Today, can, period, Ron Burgundy. You can you can stream the shows live, and you get points for that, and get rewards when you catch in those points. And uh, you can download and listen to all your favorite shows and podcasts whenever you damn well please. Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere for you. You asked a question before the break, Derek, about who we would rather face in that first round of the playoffs if yes. you're the Minnesota Twins. Because now that they are going, you naturally turn your eye forward and search say. Who are they going to face and where? And my knee-jerk reaction is say, give me the Yankees because the Astros are a better baseball team, right? Are we all agreed that the that the, the Astros are, on paper, the best baseball team in the American League and maybe all of baseball? Yeah, I mean, talent-wise, I would say so. Record-wise, it's dead even. They're the exact same. Right. So... But yeah, I look at their roster. On and I paper, say, when you look at the roster, you look at the starting rotations, so. you look at the lineups. Manny, are you there too? Astros are the best team in the American League on paper. In the American League, yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think there's any question really. So the knee jerk reaction is say, give me the Yankees, and then worry about the Astros if you have to worry about the Astros. Maybe you get lucky and somebody knocks them off before you have to cross that bridge, right? I think that's the that's the that's the initial thought. 
So that was my initial thought. I've changed my mind twice. You too. I've changed oh, my twice. mind twice. Yes. I would rather the Twins face the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs. You're so you switched to the you started saying Yankees, changed then, your mind to Astros, yes, yes, and now yes. I've come back around to Yankees. A listener pointed out that it's a shorter series. You don't have to win as many games if it's five. Yes. And I switched to the Astros, and now I'm back. I'm I, team Yankees for the Twins in the first round. That's my final answer, Regis. You have to win fewer games. Which, like you said, a caller brought that up last time we sort of touched on this this conversation. It's easier to get three wins against the Astros than it is to get four wins against the Astros, right? And then look at it a little bit more, a little more, put, put, put it under the microscope a little bit, a little more in detail. What do the Twins do? We were just talking about this before the break. They hit bombas. They hit home runs. Yes. The Astros have a very good starting rotation, but who's going to be on the mound for probably game one or maybe game two of that series? I would put, I think I would put Justin Verlander on the hill. What does Justin Verlander do? He's very good. He strikes out everybody and he doesn't give up very many hits. But what does he do? <laughs> not what? What is maybe his one weakness? What's his kryptonite? He does give up bombs. He gives up bombs. Yeah, you're leading a horse to water here. And. <laughs> <laughs> the Astros have a ridiculous home record. I haven't looked at it lately. I don't know what it is exactly. I'll find it for you. But who has a ridiculous road record? I looked this up this morning, Rami. The Twins the are Minnesota Twins and 25. Have a ridiculous road record. They win two out of every three road games. So I'm thinking the opportunity to steal one there in Houston being the best road team in the league, being the best home run hitting team in the league against one of the worst, and I know it's weird to say, worst home run pitchers in the league and Justin Verlander, the opportunity is there to steal one in Houston, and that should be all you need to steal in Houston is one, and then you're bringing this thing back to cold target field. I'll give you a stat, but then I want to bring Manny in on this okay? because we don't agree, but that's okay. Um the twins I just mentioned are 50 and 25 on the road. That's insane. You just don't see that very often. The Astros at home this year. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting down? I mean, you're looking at me. Yeah, I'm sitting down. <laughs> you look comfortable enough. <laughs> um, the Bears won. Really ye- nice. The Bears won yesterday, so you're good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. The home record of the Houston Astros this season: 56 and 20, which equates to a 737 winning percentage. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. They've lost 20 games this year at home. 20. But if there's a team in 6 months, if there's a team whose chances I like to steal one in Houston, it's the it's it's the Minnesota Twins. And you only have to steal one in a 5-game series. In a 7-game series, you probably have to steal two in Houston to have a real good shot at winning it. You only need to steal one in a five-game series to give yourself a real good chance at winning that series. Manny, who do you like in the first round if you're the Twins? Do you, do you have one circled, or are you... Uh, these are two juggernauts, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I would... If I'm trying to get to the World Series, I would probably want to play the Astros first. Okay. Because it would I mean, be, that's the goal, right? Be, I mean, because look, you're probably going to have to play them anyway. Right. If you face the Yankees in the first round and you beat them in five in a grueling five-game series where it's both teams are slugging it out, hitting bombas all over the place, you're probably you're more than likely going to be facing the Astros in the ALCS. You're going to have to get past them anyway. And even if 
you don't have to face the Astros in the ALCS. Let's say Oakland or Tampa or if the Indians somehow get in and they somehow knock out the Astros in the LDS. Well, those teams are good enough. If they were good enough to beat the Astros, I mean, they're they're good enough to get to the World Series. So you're going to have to have to face a tough matchup when you get to the postseason either way. So the toughest matchup for you is probably the Houston Astros. I would rather try and beat them three times instead of four. And I'd rather only have to steal one in Houston against the best home team in baseball than have to try and steal two there. You might have to. Even, I mean, you still might have to win two in Houston. Yeah, because then you're then, expecting to hold serve. And I'm, it's a possibility in both. I'm just saying you more likely will need to get two over the course of a seven-game series on their field sure. than you mm-hmm. would in a five-game series. I'm with Manny series. on that one, though, too. Like, even against the Astros in a fiver, you can't expect to hold serve. I mean, the Twins, when they beat the A's in 2002, they had to win two games in Oakland. They yeah. won game one in Oakland, they obviously won game five. Yeah. You're probably going to have to, I think either way, whether it's a seven-game series or a five-game series, you're probably going to have to win two games on the road to win the series because you're not guaranteed to win both games at home. So I don't know if I'm right about this, but my expectation is that the Astros are the best team in the American League, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I want to hear your whole thought process of changing your mind and then changing your mind back. What brought you from the Yankees to the Astros and then back to the Yankees? So my base level assumption is that the Astros are a better team. Okay. So which would you rather have? You'd rather have the Yankees. Part of me was also like, I root for stories because I don't... I, I don't know that this is like... Widely known, but I don't root for the Twins. I am. Uh, it's weird to me. Host all of you guys a Twins show all you guys who I don't root for them, and I've excitedly been talking about really them this weird year. To me. So like, if you're new to me and my coverage this year, uh-huh. as like Rami is, and uh, like several of the listeners of the Score North First Place Twins show would be, um, yeah, it might surprise you that that's not the case. But just from uh, what I root for, guys, stories. I root for storylines. I root for sports being fun. I root for, uh, you know, Cubs Indians 2016. I can't believe that that just happened. Moments. Um, I, not that I root for rain delays, although, ironically, Rami, the chief purveyor of the put a roof on it movement, <laughs> was benefited to the to the lengths of getting a World Series tattoo by a rain delay. But I'll digress. I, that's the one point I can't argue with. Somebody kept bringing that up on Twitter. I was like, yeah, box. Yeah. Got you in a box. Yeah, you got that one. So started with the Yankees because uh, there's something to the Yankee Stadium prestige. I went to the wild card game in 2017 when the Twins, I thought were going to win that game when they chased Seve early. And, of course, then the Yankees bullpen shut it down and the, the Yankees bats did what the Yankees bats do. Um, that was a, a, a fun moment, but it felt like a precursor. It felt like up uh, oh, Falvey and Levine just took over this team. They got them knocking on the door of actual postseason baseball because a wild card game is only kind of postseason baseball. What's next? And to me, anyways, the story of it all: the Yankees' dominance over the Twins over the past fifteen years, the Twins get building their way back, the Yankees becoming like a very different version of the Yankees than I grew up knowing and experiencing. Now they are smart. Young, good, like they're going to be a juggernaut. And uh, it's very much a scary sort of uh, pending dynasty situation here. So so the Twins to go up against that would be a fascinating, 
I don't know, matchup is a juxtaposition is too strong of a word, I think, there, but a, a fascinating clash of sort of Titans, right? That's where I started. I flipped to Astros because of what the caller brought up on the score on the first place twin show. This is like six weeks ago, guys. Something about that it's easier to beat them in a five game series. So if you got to dispatch the Astros anyway, might as well do it in a five. So you do that in the DS. However, I'm now back full circle. Now that I think that it's very likely the Twins are going to win the division, I am rooting for a matchup with the Yankees in the first round because I'll just show all my cards here. We're honest on the Score North First Place Twin mm-hmm. Show. A World Series run would be good for business. Oh, yeah. It'd be really good for business. It would be good for the hashtag brand. We'd keep breaking these download and streaming records that we keep breaking every month. Month over month. month thank over you, month. thank you, thank you to the listeners of this show who've continued to help us set those new high watermarks. Appreciate you. So, in the interest of having World Series or at least Championship Series baseball in Minnesota... I would say the best thing you can do is win your series. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a baseball cliche. So now you're thinking easiest path. Two things. Okay. Easiest path because the matchup in the first round to me is preferable to have the Yankees than the Astros. The story is still a part of it that I'm kind of pulling for. That's going to be fun. But it's more about I think you have a better chance to beat the Yankees. So go get that done. And then once you're there... Keep in mind, yeah, you're probably going to face the Astros. But if you wait till the second round to get the Astros, there's also that chance that you don't face the Astros. That you punch your ticket and they fail to punch theirs. That you're going to face either the Tampa Rays or the Oakland A's or maybe, although seems unlikely now, the Cleveland Indians. Can you imagine how fun one of those series would be? Baseball would hate it. The marketing powers that be would hate it. Rob Manfred would scream in his office and slam his phone and send an angry email and say, I didn't juice the baseballs for this. He doesn't know what's good for baseball, so he would probably enjoy it. Well, his marketing people didn't juice the baseballs for this. Uh Whatever. But I would have all kinds of fun with a series like that if it was Twins Rays or Twins A's. Or can you imagine Twins Indians? That'd be fun. In the American League Championship Series for the right to go face probably the Dodgers in the World Series. I can't imagine a more fun outcome than that. So whether it's the Astros or one of those other teams in the second round, I think that the best matchup for the Twins and the best way to potentially punch your ticket to a World Series is to go through the Yankees first. Let me ask you this. Since you brought up the possibility of facing the A's or the Rays or the Indians in, in the second round after you go through the Yankees, let's go down that road. Who do you think has the best shot to upset the Astros in round one besides the Twins? To give you that easier path, oh. so you don't have to go through Houston on the way to the World Series. Who has the better chance of knocking off the Astros before the Twins ever have to see them? I don't know if everyone that that views baseball the way I do is going to agree with me, but having seen them enough this season, I think the Cleveland Indians have the pitching to go toe-to-toe with the Astros. They don't have the lineup, and we'll see if and when Jose Ramirez gets back and, and if he's even able to contribute in a meaningful way in October but I think you line up Mike Clevenger, Aaron Savali, and Shane Bieber in round one there. With Carlos Carrasco coming out of the bullpen. Sure. Right. I mean, get Brad Hand right. Nick Goody's been good this year. I think that that would be a team that I would, I, I would fear a little bit if I was a Houston Astros. 
Heck, I wouldn't want to face him in the postseason if I'm the Twins, but it'd be fun. An ALCS, an all AL Central ALCS would be just full of juice from a story's perspective and from like a attention and rooting interest. And I know the country wouldn't get up for it the same way they would, you know, Yankees Astros, but I don't care about that. I don't give a damn. Screw the rest of the country. No. This is Bomba Soda. Right, exactly. That's what I care about. That's right. So I think that the Yankees are the best matchup. I think you could very easily get by them in that, just as easily as as they could get by you. I'm not taking them lightly. I'm just saying, not a foregone conclusion, who wins that series if you face the Yankees. And then there's, what, a 25 to 35% chance that you get a non-Astros team in the second round? I'd, I'd take those odds. I'd say that's pretty good. And either way, it'd be a fun ALCS. Twins are going to the World Series. I think we uh, deemed it here. It's happening. You with me on Cleveland as yeah, far as team that could upset probably a powerhouse Astros club? Yeah, I actually kind of like Oakland. Do you? Yeah, really? I can see it. I Why do you say it. that? Because they hit. They can hit. It's a lineup, man. They can hit. Oh yeah, they've got they've got pitching too. Didn't they just take it to them? They I think they went to Houston. I'll look up their schedule. But they went to Oakland or um excuse me went to Houston and and they took got it to blown them. out one game and then they blew out the Astros like the next game. It was really weird. I like Oakland. I think I'm with I think I'm with Derek here. I think the I think you're gonna have to beat him with pitching. If you're gonna beat the Astros, you're gonna have to beat him with pitching. O- Oakland or went into bus. Houston. This is hilarious. The the A's took three out of four from the Astros last week, uh, Monday through Thursday. When, Monday, by the way, both teams needed to win these games because the Astros are going for the best record overall. The yeah. A's are fighting for the playoffs. The uh, the A's the the Astros won the first game fifteen to nothing. On Monday, the, the A's turned around the next night. This is all at Minute Maid Park, by the way. Uh, the A's turned around the next night and beat the Astros 21-7. to <laughs> And then, so, and then mean, they won games three and four of that series, too, did they not? Yeah, they took three out of four. The I mean, A's did. And this wasn't Texans-Raiders? You're not looking at the wrong scoreboard there? <laughs> nope, they hit no. all their extra points. It's weird. The two games after that were 5-3 to three and 3-2. Three to two, All so, right, back to I mean, baseball. Go figure. Back to football at the top of the hour with uh, Matthew Collar and Purple Daily talking about a rough day for the Vikings in Green Bay yesterday. We have another segment of the Score North First Place Twins show for you right after this. We're live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 9 and on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Quick Score North download for you. I'm Manny Hill. This download is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company, offering trusted financial advice and services since 1919. And the Score North download is a reminder that uh, coming up at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock, is uh, Purple Daily. And Matthew Collar will be joined by uh, Mr. Sage Rosenfels, and they will have lots and lots of discussion on what was going on in Green Bay yesterday and Kirk Cousins' performance and the Vikings' defense getting off to a rough start and then finishing strong. They got it all bro- broken down. They're going to give it to you uh, from 2 to 4 on Purple Daily. Coming up next, right after this final segment of the Score North First Place Twin Show. Ronnie. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 9. Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill with you one more segment. As you heard Manny say there, Purple Daily at the top of the hour with uh, Matthew Collar. And uh, Sage Rosenfeld's former Vikings quarterback. I have the home runs for you. If you, you do. Want. I was just asking Derek during the break. I sort of lost track of the uh, the Bomba counter 
and the bomba race between the Twins and the Yankees. Where do we sit as uh, Twins face the White Sox tonight? Twins on the top spot, 287. The Yankees won behind them at 286. But the Twins have two more games than the Yankees, is that right? Yep. Uh, Left so on the schedule? Games in hand, as they would call it in the National Hockey League. It's uh, 149 uh, the Twins have played, and the Yankees are at 151. So 13 games left for the Twins. They got this. They're going to do this. And they could make history tonight or tomorrow. Right now, Yeah, uh, Nelson Cruz with 37, Max Kepler with 36, Eddie Rosario with 31, and Mitch Garver with 30 bombas. Miguel Sano, I think, is sitting on 29. Is that right? That's correct, yep. His next home run, and they will be the first team in the history of Major League Baseball with five players with 30 home runs or more. And to me, this... Think about that. You can you can be as unimpressed as you want with the the home run record that the Twins are setting this year. To me, it speaks more to roster construction than anything else. And what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine did, both in the 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 draft and development of guys in the Twins organization, but also going out and adding, I don't know what it's at now, but close to a hundred home runs between Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope, and and CJ Crone. Almost 100 home, and I'm sorry, and throwing Marwin Gonzalez there. The four offseason free agent acquisitions, you've added nearly 100 home runs between those two guys, and you now have a roster that has five guys that are going to have 30 home runs or more, something that's never been done before. Yeah, I mean, what do you say at this point? Like, Remember, guys, we sat down when we were doing a Friday segment, uh, when we were doing five thoughts in audio form mm-hmm. um, for Fridays. Mm-hmm. We, maybe we could bring that back for the postseason. Possible. I've heard that there is uh, some demand out there on the mm. market for it. So mm. uh, that, anyways, that'd be fun. Um, we predicted who would be the leaders in home runs for the Twins and who would hit them in ranked order. We had the benefit of some hindsight there because we did that midstream. We did that in the season. Can you imagine how different that game would have looked if we played it on February 1st? Right. If the three of us sat down in this room and it was like, what, I'd known Rami for like five weeks at that time. If we sat down in that side studio where we did some shows in the off season and predicted who would be the five leaders in Twins home runs, do you think we would have come up with... Nelson Cruz, 37. <laughs> I mean, I might have said Nelson Cruz was leading them in home runs, but Maybe. not with 37. Max Kepler, 36. Did Eddie not, Rosario, no. 31. Mm. Mitch Garver, 30. I think, I mean, well, I saw I that. Said Who that. didn't yeah, see that? I probably would have got Come that on, one Mitch on Garver? this show. Babe Ruth. Miguel Sano, 29. CJ Crone, 24. Jorge Polanco, 22. Jonathan Scope, 22. Marwin Gonzalez, uh, 15. He's, he's one of the only regulars that does not have 20 bombas this year. I mean... What? The top end of it is is surprising. I mean, it's how you get to a major league bomba record. But I don't think we, as much as we talk about home runs and as much as we talk about how impressive the lineup is and stuff, I don't think we spend enough time talking about how out of nowhere this seems to be. That that there was we would have stood no chance of getting those numbers and those players in order one through five. And now, whenever Miguel Sano hits his next home run, which will be soon, they're going to have five guys who hit 30. It's it's unbelievable. It's insane. It's, it's insane. I don't get it. The roster that's been put together is just insane, and you got to credit Falvey and Levine for that. As much as you do the guys on the field, to put together a lineup that can do this is 
really, really impressive. I give credit to the people who surround them, too. Right. You know, hitting the coaches. brain trust. Strength coaches, movement coaches, all these kinds of things that we don't talk about on the radio that don't make their way to the front page of either local daily newspaper that puts out great sports content. Those people don't always get the shouts. But, like, you took Max Kepler from, um, let's just say, underwhelming. He hit the ball hard, and that's why they signed him to an extension. But, like, I don't know what he hit last year, but it was, like, 220 or something like that. Right. I'm not a batting average guy necessarily, but it was an underwhelming season. In a year that we all looked at Max Kepler to take a step forward, he did not. And now he's got 36 home runs. Quick question for you with the uh, last three minutes or so that we have left in the show. Uh, How big a start for Jose Barrios tonight as we look to see him continue to move back towards the Jose Barrios who we saw in the first two months of the season before October. No pressure. No pressure. Nothing. I don't care what he does the rest of the way. Really? Get him on his regular rest, get him set up to start game one, and that game has all the pressure. No, I don't care what he does the rest of the way. Do you approach it almost like spring training, working on stuff? Like making sure everything is, making sure all the pitches are working right? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he's got to get his stuff back. He's got, I I like the change up, two starts going Boston. No, but I mean, like you're not really, it's... When you say don't care, you mean the results, results. don't matter. It's more about the process. Yep. Get your it's, mechanics in order. Get back to throwing strikes with your fastball at will whenever you want. Get your swing and miss. He had swing and miss last time out against the Nationals. So, yeah, I'm good with Jose Barrios. We're fine. Let's see. The magic number is nine. It is possible that Jose Barrios, before his next start comes around, the Twins are already AL Central champions. That's That's possible. Do you shut him down for the rest of the regular season, or like you said, just get him on regular rest and ready for game one of a, a no, postseason series? I, I mean, I think for me anyways, I don't know if you guys feel differently. He's still making his three starts. He's doing it on schedule. Just now, there's no pressure on when that schedule is. You get to write down in pen when you want him to make those starts with an eye on October, not, oh boy, we really got to pull this one out. We need Jose to be good tonight. It's like, right. you do still want to win ball games. Don't get cocky and punt, but like... It's okay to run the draw play up the middle and just bleed some clock. Yeah. I think that to get the Twins the best chance of winning a World Series, which, again, should be the goal, you just get him right for game one of the ALDS. Nothing else matters as much. And when you said get him right, like you said, his mechanics, fastball velocity, that changeup working. Finish this journey that you've started with him. Not overhauling his mechanics, but getting his mechanics back to, like Glenn Perkins told us the other day, back to being ace-level Jose, and get his rest lined up, his schedule all set, however he's the happiest, however you think he performs his best. Make all of your decisions with that in mind, not, can we beat the Tigers? Can we beat the White Sox? Don't care. Doesn't matter to me. You're going to get that magic number from nine down to zero, as long as you don't, you know. Have you looked at the calendar and been like this? I think this is when they do it. In terms of getting him on schedule? No, winning the division. Oh, no, I haven't done that you yet. You haven't done that yet? Although, I know you did it in April, so maybe you can reveal <laughs> you can reveal the date you had circled all along as part of your master plan. I actually haven't, to be honest with you. I do, I, and I, I would need to go. We don't even have enough time for me to go and do it now, but I would need to go and look and see yeah. who the Indians are playing. I'm going to guess just off the top of my head, like mid-next week. Okay. We're probably talking about a Twins division championship. Magic number nine. Any combination of Twins wins and Indian losses gets it done. As soon as that number hits zero. Single digits. 
Feels good. Digits. Feels good to say the magic. We've been counting it down since 100. <laughs> we were triple digits. Feels good to say that. That was a little aggressive in hindsight. Was it, though? Yeah, I mean, I here guess. we are. Here we are. Here we are, with the magic number being nine. This is uh, this is going to be fun. Fun final two weeks, and then uh, then the real party starts. If you missed any of this particular edition of the Score North First Place Twins Show, go get it at the Score North mobile app or wherever you get podcasts. Back to Vikings Talk with Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, and Sage Rosenfels right after this on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app.